Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope, you know, you're just having a good time generally. Um, yesterday I mused on Psalm 121. And it was just really nice going over that psalm and um, thinking about how important it is to me and how God has used that psalm for me in many ways over the years. I mean, the, it, it starts off by saying, I, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. And that I lift my eyes up to the hills is actually sets the scene for the mood and the state of mind that the writer was in when he wrote that psalm you know and it, it, he was in that state where you're looking at your life and you know you're just like you're looking up to the hills yeah they're like you can't you, you you need help and you don't you can't see any help around you on earth so you, you are literally looking up to the heavens that Lord come and help me and he says where does my help come and my help comes from the Lord so I, I'm, I just reflect on the power of God and the word of God and what it means to me in my life and what I have seen the word of God do I think it's been my greatest companion in life um, and I say this in terms of the word of God and the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit uses the word of God you know, to do what he needs to do, to reveal himself, to strengthen me, to comfort me, to just show forth his power. There's so much power in the word of God. And I think I think one of the deceptions that we have been faced with as Christians in the modern world is to distract us from the word of God and get us involved in so many things and take us away from the word, whereas all of us should be avid students of the bible we should be avid we should be living and breathing the bible we should be con consuming content in the bible you know in the same way as as i mean like food in fact you should we should even be more passionate about the word of god in the bible than we are about food or whatever it is that we're doing in life and even if some people say oh they're so prayerful yes i'm happy yeah it's wonderful to be prayerful but there's no point being prayerful if you do not have the word of God in your life. There's no point in my being a prayerful person. If at the end of the day, I'm going to be praying in, in fear or praying, you know, with doubts. If I don't have the word of God to strengthen my faith, but there's no point. And, the, you know, the Bible tells us, Jesus said it very clearly that we need to pray according to his will. And the only way we can know his will is by staying firmly in the word of God. One habit that I think I have learned over the years, and every time I have to keep reminding myself of it, is that the best way to, to deal with God and spiritual things is to just pray his word. Don't even bother, you know, getting into all that, you know, personalization. As in, for me, that's just my, I'm that kind of person that I like to pass the exam, you know. So if the, if there's a marking scheme that I, I can get to know what the lecturer is looking for and what works, I will use that marking scheme. I, I, I you know, I don't want to create my own formula for passing if there's already one. You know, so particularly when I want results, sometimes I'm not so concerned about results. It's just the experience. In those cases, I may ignore the marking scheme. I just do what I want. But if I really need that grade, I really need that grade. Then I follow the marking scheme. And the word of God is the marking scheme 
of the Lord. It's the marking scheme of the universe. That's what it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So anybody that wants results, you know, from a spiritual, godly, divinely orchestrated context, you have to look at the marking scheme. And the marking scheme, the word of God spells out to us what God's standards are, what his principles are, how the universe works, how everybody is going to, the standard by which we're all going to be judged eventually, what is good from God's perspective, what is bad, evil, wrong from God's perspective, what is preferred, what is not preferred, what is advised, what is not advised, you know, and then he also gives us coaching about how we can also improve, you know. You, you, you. The Bible gives us the opportunity to do a thorough self-assessment. I, I, that's what I like. Holy Spirit, I just love it when you chip in all these secular analogies. The Bible gives, you, gives me the, us the authority. Like when I read the Bible, it, I, I, I read it. It's like a mirror is being held to my face and to my life. And almost immediately I can, I can see the difference between how my life is and how God would want me to be. And... Two years ago, over the pandemic, several things going on in my life as well, God led me back to the Bible, back to the Word of God, and I started reading it as though I had never read it before. And it really helped me because it was like a veil was lifted from my eyes, and I was no longer looking at myself as a Christian or somebody following God because of what I wanted to get or because I wanted to be this person according to what people had said being a Christian is, or because I was a follower of one man or a group of people, it just took me back to God, his word, and the purity of his word. And it became very clear to me that, you know, Christianity, righteousness is not about food or drink or what I'm going to eat or have on earth, but it's about the things of God, about righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And... It just took me back to everything that the Bible says about don't not living my life as though everything ends here, realizing that I'm a stranger and a pilgrim upon the earth, and setting my heart on things above, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith, just keeping a life that is given to the things of God, to God and not to other things. And I just saw that my whole life had been filled up with activities, social activities around the church, and a sense of going, a sense of purpose that really was not Christ-centered. It was just activity-driven. And a lot of it was even ego-driven, self, you know, fueling the ego of people who have made a, a how would I say, a, a personality. Um, I won't want to use the word I want to do, but it, like a personality well called out of, you know, whatever it is, talent or gift that they have. So I just got to that point in my life when I just needed to go back to Christ and that was I'm go back to his word and you know if I'm going to be how would I say if I'm going to be what's the word if I'm going to follow anybody passionately and worship the person and you know whatever glorify the person let it be Christ I'm glorified I don't want to glorify men because that's not what I was called to because at the end of the day the reason why I go to church is because of Christ so don't draw me in because it's Christ, and then at some point, it's no longer Christ, it's now you. Because otherwise, if it was you from the beginning, I wouldn't be here, you know. And it's so easy to get caught up in these things. But, you know, so I just, God led me on this journey, and here I am. So, um, yesterday we did Psalm 121. Today I want to talk about Psalm 23, which is another go-to um, scripture. And these two chapters, I know them off-head, and I don't know most people who have been Christians for a long time, no Psalm 23. I believe in 
um, it's good to memorize scriptures and verses. It's I know for many um, chapters, it may not be possible to recite an entire chapter. In the Psalms, it's pretty easy for some of these short ones. Like Psalm 23 is just six verses. You can literally uh, memorize it. It's important because sometimes you just need to be in a place where you can just see the scriptures. Your Bible may not even be there with you. You may not even have the opportunity to open the Bible depending on where you are. For instance, if you're in an aircraft and there's turbulence, I mean, at that point, you can't get out of your seat. You can't pull your back. You need to be able to say a prayer then, you know. If you're also in some situation in the car or somewhere, you know, something that you just need to activate your God um, mechanisms immediately. Of course, that's why we have the gift of speaking in tongues. So sometimes, you know, what I also do is I just go into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit helps us as the uh, Romans 8 has described, it just, you know, that, that that really does help. The Holy Spirit is that, you know, panic button. You can really use him for that. I mean, and sorry, I don't mean use in that sense, but I mean, he's there for, for that purpose. But I also find out that the word of God also helps. And I think why the word of God helps, or one of the reasons why the word of God helps is because you then understand what you're saying, you know. So you're not just speaking, you're speaking, but your your ears are also listening and you're, you're receiving that ministration, your mind is also getting involved, particularly in situations where your mind needs, needs to be calmed down. Um, spraying in the Holy Spirit also does that, but I, I, I find that sometimes it is better to pray scripture. And, you know, the Bible says that the word of God is alive, it's, a, it's powerful. It says that God has exalted his word above his name. So um, it says the worlds are framed by the word of God so that everything that we see was made out of things that we do not see. So I, I, I shouldn't, we, we shouldn't be surprised if the word of God is able to really, really, really do things so phenomenal. And one of my pet peeves, I'm just so upset that we have been distracted from the word of God and everybody now feels they need to go somewhere before God hears them or they need to have somebody pray for them before they get, you know, whereas... All of the power we need, God has socialized and democratized, made the word of God so available for us, to everybody. All you just need to do is access that word of God. And you don't even have to have all the great and mighty faith. Just read the word of God and let the word begin to do its work. It's like a seed. The word of God is a seed. In fact, it is a seed. And, you know, when you, when you have a seed, like a seed of an apple or a seed of an orange, you don't start praying over the seed and say, oh, seed, bro. No, no, no. You just plant the seed and the seed knows what it's supposed to do. And every day you come, your only job is to water that seed. So, you know, if it means going back to read it every now and then to, you know, it, it will grow because it's the seed and it's a good seed. And it will grow and it will bear forth fruits. It will do what it's, it, it has the ability to do. And I've seen this. In my life, in the past two years, what God has taken us through, the miracles he has worked, Lord, I will never, ever, I'm so, it's forward, ever, backward, never for me. And I have been, God has reconciled me back to my first love, which is his word. And I, I, I'm not, I don't want anybody or anything to get in the way of that right now. So let's just read Psalm 23 and see where the Lord will take us on that. Um, and this, the title of this music is, The Lord is My Shepherd. So again, I really like Psalm 23. I like David a lot. Like I said, I named one of my children David because of David, because I believe that he was a man, even though the Bible describes him as a man after God's heart. I think his work, he'd, even if the Bible didn't describe him that way, I would have, we would, a lot of us would have named him that way because it was it's clear that this man had such a great passion and love for God. And, you know, he just really loved God. I, I, I love David as well. So the Lord is my shepherd. Reading from verse 1, I shall not want. I shall not want means I will not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I want to stop here. Psalm 121 talked about he preserves my soul. This one says about he restores my soul. This is why I like David. I like David because he's a man of the soul. David understands that the regeneration of man starts from within. David was not about, you know, he wasn't like Saul. He wasn't about territories and kingdoms and lands and buildings. He wasn't like Solomon either, his son, who was very ostentatious. David was about passion. David was about, you know, David was about having spirit, was about relationship, but was about love, you know. David was a man, he had a very passionate heart. He, he was a man that believed in regeneration from within. He was just that kind of person, you know. And I, I, I personally can really relate with that because, uh, I'm, you know, I can really relate to that. For me, it's not how much I have. It is what is going on inside me. How do I feel? That, for me, feelings are so important. How I feel about my life, how I feel about a relationship. What's going on inside of me is so much more mean, important to me than what's going on outside. Because I have been in situations where everything outside of me is, seems to be perfect and I'm completely devastated inside. And I hated it. And I found out that even when I'm in a situation where everything outside seems to not be working well, once I am okay inside, then I'm fine. So I've now realized that, just like what Jesus said, what, will it, what um, does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And that what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I, I really realize that so much more now. And I, I see that maybe life, I've met a lot of people who are also in that space, but I also see a lot of people who really don't understand that or are not at that place where they believe that their soul is so valuable. But I honestly believe that a lot of the people that we see, that we, 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 we look at them and they are struggling with mental health, is because they, they have had experiences that have made them realize that, you know, that, that has just illustrated this in a very, very negative way for them. You know, the Bible says a broken spirit who can bear. So for me, I love David because all of his prayers deal with healing for the soul. And that's what people like me are looking for. And that's one of the things that I've come to Christ for. So I have prioritized that over and above other things. I know, and maybe it's phase of life, you know, because yes, you know, I'm not in that place where I'm praying to God to meet my needs. I still pray, but not with that same level of fervor because I now know my faith in that area is, is quite built up. I know that God will supply my needs. That's not, we're not even debating that issue. So it's not a big thing for me. What is bigger for me? Is really this whole preserve restoration of the soul. That's really where it is. I know I'm born again. I have the spirit of God and all of that. But this restoration of the soul, having a healthy mind, a healthy soul, healthy emotions, spiritually, you know, birthed, washing of water by the word. That's really what, what I need on a daily basis. So he says that God restores his soul. Um, he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And that even though he says, yay, and that's like an exclamation. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Ah, so that you see what I'm talking about, about no matter what's going on outside of you, you've been in that space that because there is something, you are, you are strengthened from within, you're just not bothered. Yeah, I, when I feel you, David, you know, I really feel you. He says, for thou art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the very presence of my own enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That house of the Lord has been interpreted as presence of the Lord. It just means that I will dwell. 
I will abide in God's dwelling place forever, whether, you know, that's my spirit, my soul, and my body. And, you know, I just love that, you know. I like that verse 4, the imagery of verse 4, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know what it must be like to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I just imagine, like, a really dark place where, like, skeletons and gals are, <laughs> you know, like, hovering all around and, you know, the smell of blood and, you know, and all of that. And it says, I, I, will, not, I will not be afraid, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I have an assurance that is bigger, is greater, is more powerful than all that I see or that all that may come against me. Hmm. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's prosperity. Leads me beside the still waters. Calmness for my soul. But the verse 1 is the clincher. The Lord is my shepherd. What David is describing is the life of a man and a woman that is being led by the shepherd, the good shepherd. Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. And he says that he that is led by the good shepherd, he will not lack. He will be fed because God will cause him to lie down by green pastures. Needs will be met. Soul conditions, God will lead them beside still waters. God will restore that soul. Lead them in the path that is right for his own name's sake. Protect from evil. And even bless them in the presence of opposition and adversaries and enemies and all those standing against him. And he will anoint. In other words, give the ability to be a king and a priest upon the earth. And your cup will run over. Overflowing mercy, overflowing grace, overflowing peace, overflowing kindness. And he says the goodness and the mercy. Because it's not by anything that we have done. It's by the mercy of God that we shall not be and we are not com consumed. And he says, he then makes a commitment at the end. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I mean, that's a commitment that we have to make because God will not force us to dwell in his presence. He does want us to abide in his presence, but he will not force it. So David makes that commitment and I make that commitment too. I'm really enjoying this, this uh, meditation in the Psalms. It's my favorite book. Maybe this is how God wants me to come back to these verses and just spend time here. So I would encourage you to please pray this psalm. You know, I will try to do it more often. I only come to it every now and then. I haven't, I don't think I've been here for a while, but they are really powerful and they are shortcuts to glory. Um, you can read the, what you would get from reading the psalm, this particular psalm, some other chapters in the Bible, you probably have to read them like, you'd have to read like nine, ten pages before you get the kind of power that you, you get in this, um, in this, in this six verses. And I think it's because different chapters in the Bible serve different purposes. Some is just about narration. Some is just about chronology. Some is just about history. But there's some that are really power scriptures. This is one of those power scriptures. This is one of those power scriptures. So I thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted. Have a wonderful day. I pray that this um, episode will get to, these words will get to every heart and life that the Lord has ordered it to in this age and the generations to come. And if you have been blessed by anything you've heard here, I do ask and appeal that you share this with others as well. And um, subscribe so that every time we post a new episode, you can also um, be alerted and you can listen as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.